Teach Like a Rockstar podcast. Here we go. All right, today, man, I love this one. We have Jen Henson on the show today, and you know what she is? She's like a real-life expert. You know, like, I mean, how often do you come across somebody who's like a true, total expert in their field? She is the ACT test prep guru. I mean, she's got this thing figured out. And where do you hear, like, some of the scores? You're going to freak out. Like, when you hear... How the like the the improvements made from kids that come to her, you know, in in high school, and she's got she 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 does it in person, she does it online, she does classes, and the the crazy jump in test scores that her kids are able to achieve because of her work with them is it is I'm telling you it's it's unbelievable, and we'll talk about how she does that. We'll talk about. Um, you know, how she got into this whole teaching gig, how she made the jump from the classroom to the ACT test prep and how that all came about. And we're also going to cover some of the details about that varsity blues college admissions scandal. And, uh, cause she has an interesting take on that as well. All right, here we go. Teaching a rockstar podcast, Jen Henson. Let's do this. Here's the one I want to talk about first because I'm fascinated by this, and that is your today, right now, your current footwear. And um, talk to me about those shoes, those zapatos. Okay. Because those are those are I see people like nurses wear those. Yeah. Surgeons wear those. Yeah. And you. Yeah. Tell me what they're called. Dansco. That's it. They have they have Dansco, which I call Mansco, because they have them for um for for gentlemen footwear people like myself, and I ordered a pair, and but they don't sell Mansco. Well, the problem is they sell Mansco. I need Boysco because you know, <laughs> you know that growth spurt people talk about. I never that never happened for me, and so I have uh, like my foot is like the size of a fourth grader, and so I had to I had to buy the Dansco. In like wide for my Boysco foot, and it just didn't work. But God, I want them to work so bad because people love those things. They're amazing. I wear I wear dance codes every day. Really? Yes. Because you love them. I love them. Yeah. They they if you are on your feet all the time as a teacher, yeah, you need dance codes in your life, and they have. The cloggy type, which is what I have on today. That's what I wanted. They have sandals. Mm. They have boots. They have gym shoes. They have everything. Really? They're amazing. So I would lose one, like, because I would, like, okay, they feel pretty good. Then then I would lose one. It would, like, fall off. Well, I don't really know. Yeah, well, yeah. You would notice if you lost a clog. I, I Believe me, I noticed. That's all. <laughs> and so I would send them back. I, I, I want to figure it out because I'm jealous because they have cool designs too. Yeah. You have a fancy design. I do. Well, it's a it's a a black on black design, so it's subtle. It's badass. But I didn't buy like the rainbow ones or the they have ones with themes for the holidays. Right. But the nurses figured it out long before the teachers did. Yeah. So I'm here to tell these teachers Dansco. Because I want to up my footwear game from Crocs to Dansco. Mansco. That's a big jump. <laughs> 
That's a big jump. You think I need a stepping? You might. Sketchers maybe in between. I don't know. We don't. I don't rock the Crocs. All right. No. I do. Proudly, I must say. Proudly. <laughs> well, they have them in boy sizes and stuff. So That's the thing I can get. But you have to take off the Mickey Mouse. You know, because, you know, I got to man them up a little bit. I got to take off the princess. And, yeah, uh, I forget what those things are called. But I just ordered some. They still sell them and make them. Really? Actually, at Montgomery High School, mm-hmm. the girls' softball team wears bright yellow Crocs on game days. Yeah. So when I was still teaching there, I bought for the girls' softball team the little whatever those are called that fit into the shoes mm-hmm. and took them to them pre-game one day. And every girl got to pick two or three of those for their shoes. So awesome. That's pretty cool. Now you're cool. All right, man, let's get into this. Here's why here's what I love. Um, very rarely, I don't think I've ever done something as timely as this. And um, because there's the big stuff in the news and something that you are an expert in and uh, this whole college admission scandal, we're going to get into it. But before we do, let's do some background on you and uh, figure out who you are. So we met when you were at the MoGo, the Montgomery That's High right. School. And what were you counseling? What were you doing over there? I um, taught English, uh-huh. 10th grade English my first year there and second year all ACT prep. All right, so you got into the ACT prep right away, and prior to um, Montgomery, I know that you have a um, you were athlete in college, and you did that whole scene. And was the teaching thing something always you want? Is it was that something that was always on your mind, like that's forever, really forever? I mean, four years old, five years old, lining up the teddy bears, papers and pencils laying out. I. I I truly believe I was born to be a teacher. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go to school and you and you do and you do well academically. Mm-hmm. And you were a traditional type of teacher that you did well in school. You participated, but you had to do well because you were an athlete and you did well there. And then you went to college to to do your sport, which was what? Tennis. Oh, I thought you were an athlete. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always thinks I played basketball. No. Because I'm tall. Right. But no. Nope. All right. Well, first of all, let me get this. Tennis is not a sport. That's a game. Tennis is very much a sport, all but right. that's a whole thing. <laughs> Did you play miniature golf? In <laughs> no, I was a jockey. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, I was a wrestler. That was the only th- it was the only sport I could compete in because they because I could I could wrestle some other five foot three and a half kid that weighed 113 pounds. <laughs> so um, yeah. So then we, uh, so you are doing that thing and you are successful in college and even in college you knew that, um, but you never had an idea of like you're going to be a tennis pro at the, at the, at the country club. You always wanted to teach. Always wanted to teach. In fact, I stopped playing tennis because I could not, um, I stopped playing tennis for the Xavier university because I could not graduate in four years. Oh. And, and be an athlete in teaching with the whole, um, in classroom hours, student teaching, all of that, that takes so much time, you know, we traveled. Mm -hmm. So I was, I would miss out on semesters of that. So I stopped playing, uh, for the school and still played competitively, but just through clubs in the area. Yeah. And for the, um, I love tennis back. I don't know. I, I, I don't follow it now. Do you follow it now? Uh, every once in a while, I'll watch a match, but not really. Back in the day, though. Oh, Agassi. That whole Sampras. thing. Yes. When I was in high school, there was a tournament 
that was in Cincinnati. So I grew up about an hour away from Cincinnati and my friends and I, Mm. my, my tennis team in high school, we were all just the best of friends and we would drive down there and, and, um, Aaron Crickstein was my friend's huge crush. Kim, that's for you. Um, (laughs) she loved Aaron Crickstein. So that whole, yeah, that whole era, we would just go watch them and you could, you could be right next to their practice court. It was amazing. You know, I, um, I've, I've been to a couple of professional tennis matches and, um, it, um, any professional sport, it's such a dramatic difference between like a college player and a professional player. Like, like the difference is so dramatic. Like, like when you see a kid that's really good in junior high at anything, baseball, swimming, tennis, whatever, football, and then you like you see like a really good high school varsity player, like that's that's a difference. Yes. And then you see like a difference between a high school varsity player and like a top level division one college player, you go, wow, that's but it is a grand canyon of a difference between that even like a college like division 1 starter varsity and then a professional it's so great like their whole body you know like baseball like you think like fielding a ground ball at third base throwing it at the first base seeing like a professional athlete do that it's like a whole different it's 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 a whole different thing than like a really good athlete in in college and that was my that's what i noticed at tennis Seeing a professional tennis player, the way they move, the way they they hit the ball, it's like the the power with which they're able to, to, to generate through their body. It's insane. The speed. It's yeah. crazy. I'd like to think I could hit against Serena. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. No. That's like a super athlete. Oh, she's she's amazing. Yeah. I saw her um one time the her whole the whole her just her physique is so different than a normal person. Like the amount of muscle naturally through her DNA on her body and the way her body's set up, you could tell is to generate crazy power and speed. I can't wait that um they just announced they're making a movie about the Williams sisters and mm. Will Smith is actually playing the dad. Really? That's perfect. Oh, it's I'm so excited about that. That'll be cool. All right, so you're doing the tennis thing and um you decided to move colleges. Xavier, you went to no, where? No, still went to Xavier. Oh, you just, just quit playing. Quit playing. So, so you could graduate. Right. All right. You're running out of money, and you got to get yes. out of there and get a job. Right. First job out of school teaching. That's right. Ox, oh. um, in Oxford, Ohio, mm-hmm. at Talawanda High School, home of the Braves. Yeah, they are. And then, uh, and uh, tell me what you're teaching. Um, I taught um, English, and I had seniors and I had freshmen. Mm-hmm. So seniors was an elective course. Freshman was the general freshman, freshman English, um, taught there one year. Um, cause Oxford is a pretty isolated town. Um, Miami university campus is there, which is beautiful, but you either live in Oxford your whole life or you don't live in Oxford. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no commuting because to really commute is a 45 minute to an hour drive. And, um, so I left there and, and got a job in Northern Kentucky, Where? Um, Northern Kentucky, what County Campbell. I know that. I know that place up there. Campbell County high school, home of the camels, <laughs> Campbell camels. Yes. Campbell, got- Campbell camels. Um, so I taught there for five years, mm-hmm. um, moved to Lloyd high school in Erlanger, Kentucky, taught there eight, and um, in that Cincinnati area, I finished out um, at Winton Woods High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Home of the Warriors. And that is where I just stumbled upon ACT prep. How'd you get to Texas? So four years ago, my husband was transferred here with his job. Mm-hmm. And um, he was transferred to the Jewett area. Um, however, we wanted to live closer to Houston than Jewett, Buffalo, if you know that area at I all. Do. And so somebody had told us that whole Montgomery County area was beautiful. I interviewed um, for teaching jobs throughout Montgomery County and um, was offered a few jobs and fell in love with Montgomery High School. So I thought if I'm going to teach at Montgomery High School, I want to live as close as I can. And um, because at another point in my career, I had lived and worked in the same community and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So um, Montgomery it is. The lake is beautiful. The people are amazing. Yeah. Here's what I know is, um, I don't know if it's, I haven't been there in a while, but here's what, when my experience has always been, not just at Montgomery High School, but all the campuses, is um, you, like we talk about these growing districts, and that's a crazy growing district. Crazy. I, I just spoke up there, and I, I was telling those teachers, every one of those trees that you see, because there's still a lot of woods out there, every tree, that represents a family that's about to move here. <laughs> So get ready. I love it. Yeah. And so uh, here's what I know is people across the state and the schools um, that I work with talk about keeping that small town feel, but at the, at Montgomery high school, it really is like, that's a huge school with thousands of kids, really sophisticated kids, lot tons of technology and not the whole bit, but you know what? It still feels like you're in a two way. Like it, it feels does. like you're in a, in a tiny little town in a two A school where everybody, you know, it, it, the, like that whole family feel is still in that school. It is, and and I, I really hope that that never leaves. Um, my children are in fifth and seventh grade, mm-hmm. and they're in the district, and you know that the teachers and and the administration. Um, first of all, they it was a tough decision to leave for me. They were so supportive and happy for me and excited for me and, um, you know, still welcome me on campuses and things. And, and that said a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're teaching there and um, you do a year and then you get back in your ACT thing. And that is where, like, everybody, uh, you know, I think I think everybody has this thing that they're just exceptionally good at in life. I don't think most people find it or give themselves an opportunity. But for whatever reason, you stumbled across this ACT thing. And, um, like, that's like that's your thing that you're, like, great at. And um, and what I want to know is how did that, like, how did that became a thing? Because it started prior to Montgomery. How did you get into it? So when I was at Winton Woods High School, mm-hmm. um, my principal at the time was um, Dr. Terry Holden. She's an amazing person and um, administrator and leader. And she called me in. She she brought me in to the English team and I taught freshman English. Um, I have I have a really strong discipline presence, but in a nurturing way. Mm-hmm. So that was a good fit for me to be at that ninth grade level. And, um, I think motherhood has plays a part in that, but I I really changed as a teacher once I became a mom, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, so this, about the second week of school, she called me in her office and there was sitting also the superintendent at the time. And I can't remember her name. Um, and they said, you know, we have a, we have an athlete who 
who um, has full ride offers for football. He was our quarterback. We won state that year, but we had not at that time. It was too early in the school year. And his ACT score is horrible. And we want you to help him. Okay. Um, and Dr. Holden said, I remembered in your interview, you said you'd done some ACT work. Did I? Man, I shouldn't have lied about that. <laughs> Whoa. And, 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 and I know why I had said it, because in the state of Kentucky, which you might know because I know you do work in Kentucky, the state of Kentucky had introduced that all juniors would be taking the ACT as part of the school report card. Is that still linked? Do you know? I don't know. So it was part of their school report card. So it was a, a, something that when I was at in Northern Kentucky, we had researched and we had started implementing into the classroom. So I, I had implemented into my classroom, but there's a difference between what I did there and really helping a student yeah. with that much on the line. But anyway, I started working with this young man. His name's Dominique Brown and um, figured it out for him. The thought of this kid not having this opportunity for this scholarship for something that he had worked for his whole life, but that this one test was holding him back, I wasn't going to let that happen. So we figured it out. I helped him. He got what he needed. We won state. He went on to play at Louisville, um, graduated from Louisville, played for a year or two for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. Um now he's a father, a husband. Um, I don't know what he's doing with a career or or whatnot, but um, you know, he he will always be the first kid I helped. Yeah. Um. So once I helped him, I really figured out that the test is is a standardized test. So as a teacher, I could see the repeats. I could see how it was organized. I could see that this test was really conquerable. So I started helping other kids at the school. I started helping other kids that were one-offs. Um, hey, man, I'm friends with Dominique. Or this coach talked to that coach and um, started teaching it at that high school eventually. But when I really knew that I was on to something was when I was, I was teaching freshman English. I had at that point, uh, when I got the knock at the door, but I had nearly all football boys in this one class mm -hmm. and freshman boys. Right. Remember, but you know, again, I, they respected me. They knew I had helped this young man who was now playing in college. So there was that connection with them, but knocking on, on, on my door was the, um, a defensive coach for Ohio state football. And I assumed he was there to talk to one of the young men in my room he was there to talk to me because they had a recruit in the Cincinnati area who needed help. And he said, I heard you're the lady that could help this kid. Yeah. What? Yeah. So that's when I was really, I thought, man, I think I'm on to something here. Yeah. Man, I think that's way, um, when I hear those stories, that's how I know this thing's going to work. Because that was my deal. Like, I, I started getting calls from principals. Hey, I heard you're the guy that talks to teachers. Yeah, I talk to teachers. You can talk to my teachers. Yeah, I'll come talk to your teachers. Like, I didn't even know that at some point this was a thing. I just, yeah, I'll talk to your teachers. That's all I knew, you know? But for you to, to be, um, it's this natural metamorphosis of a reputation that, um, like, that's how you know you have something. And like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 
All right. And so um, you start helping people and you and you move to Texas. You start teaching English again and then you get back on the ACT prep track at the high school. Mm -hmm. And was that your full time all day gig at the high school? It was saved for um, one period of remedial um, like star help. Yep. Um, So which I love that group of kids, Mm -hmm. you know, the kids that need that extra help. And and there was really a correlation between that and and helping with the ACT. So, but yeah, my whole day was ACT prep. I had taught sophomore English. So it was that same crowd that was signing up the next year Mm -hmm. for that ACT course. Um, I had started helping kids out at the school, um, like who went to Montgomery high school outside of school the year before. So, you know, that the town was, was hearing about me. They were seeing the results from, from upperclassmen and things. So people were, were happy that they could get that course at school. Yeah. So we had huge signups and that's what I taught all day, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then at some point you had to decide, like, if I'm going to keep doing this thing and helping these kids and, and, and what it really is, I mean, it's like completely shifting the trajectory of a kid. And if, if you're going to do that on on a huge level, at some point, I'm guessing like you had to decide. I'm gonna, I got to cut back, and I got to like I got to I got to make a decision here. Well, so at that point, that Montgomery introduced it as the full day course. Mm-hmm. I had been doing test prep for eight years, so I had eight years of referrals and phone calls and coaches who knew about me at that point because. When you can help a young person qualify who otherwise cannot play athletics at that school or above board, mind Mm -hmm. you, or um, who could not, you know, get that scholarship they need, you know, people are very happy to tell about their success and who helped their, their child. So you have, I have all those phone calls coming in because I don't advertise. So uh, when it got to the point that, that I was turning people away, which I hated to do. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there were, there were kids nationwide who needed my help because moving from Ohio to Texas allowed me to, to use technology for what it was, for what it was intended for, um, which was to help kids via FaceTime or zoom who, who, who I never get to, to reach out and touch, Yeah, you know? So, I started working with, with students back in Ohio still, you know, people who, well, you've helped three of our kids. So naturally the fourth one, you can, you can help them too. FaceTime's fine. Yeah. And I didn't trust it at first because I'm old. And then once it worked, I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. So especially for, for athletes or students involved in, in, you know, intensive extracurriculars who are maybe traveling all the time not at home. They can't drive to a test prep center. Mm-hmm. And some of those centers maybe don't have the best plan for students, but you know, just that availability. Yeah. A kid can be traveling and FaceTime with me and, and they still can get in their ACT work. Man, you know, the thing about it, the, the FaceTime and the zoom and the whole thing, what I've realized is working with teachers over zoom and is um, it's weird for about 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of goes away. And then it really is, it's no different than if you're in person. Like, I think people, like, they hear, oh, I don't want to work online with somebody. But let me tell you something, man. Like, that, it is weird. Like, but after 45 seconds, it, it, you forget, and you're just in the room with the person. Yeah. It's powerful. 
Yeah, it's it really has um it's opened tons of opportunity for me. Yeah. Um prepping a whole uh football team up in Illinois. I couldn't travel to Illinois week weekly. They didn't want to do it as an intensive boot camp because I will travel to areas for an intensive boot camp for a week. Mm-hmm. The coach wanted them to meet with me weekly. We did it on Zoom. Yeah. You know, they had a coach in the room. I could see all of the young men. The coach was able to facilitate questions like a student who was sitting in the back that mm-hmm. I couldn't hear. The coach could facilitate those questions. But I remember the first week just kind of looking at that screen and going, this is so freaking cool. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, here, and like, here's the other difference is when those kids, what I've learned, um, just hearing the results that you have is those kids that go to this test prep center, you know, you know what? That center does have a good plan for kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have a good plan for that kid. Yeah. And like, and so here it's like, um, it's like going to the gym for, you know, what I always think about, like somebody sit down on that machine. Well, that machine was designed to fit most people. Mm-hmm. I'm five foot three. It ain't designed to fit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like, that's the difference I, that, that I love with your stuff is that is you, it just, it, well, I mean, it has a lot to do with the experience, but also just kind of the DNA. This is kind of your thing. But more than that, like you're able to um, adjust and customize and build this, build like a custom thing for that specific kid rather than trying to get that kid to fit that curriculum. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Like that, like that's why, that's why like you have results, I think. Yeah, I I definitely, you know, there's a skeleton, but it has to be adjusted. Yeah. It has to be. And you're right that that's what makes it work. And, and, you know, I know that part of my path was being in the classroom for 22 years to experience different learning styles and different students. And, and I mean, those are some of the best times of my life too. Yeah. You know, the stories and, and the connections that I have with those, those students from, that's a lot of students. Um, but also to be able to adjust things and make things work. Yeah. I couldn't, there's no way I could have graduated from college and started this. It wouldn't have worked. Nope. This, it was just all part of the path. You know, I think it's a, I think the whole recipe, like if you, like, if you look at all the components of your life, like all those are ingredients in the right, like first, even just like the tennis, like being freaking competitive, like that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to beat this thing. Like we, like we're, we're going to, we're in a fight and we're going to win. That's part of the deal. Then also being a mom, part of the deal. You understand kids' schedules. You understand the pressure. You understand what they look like when they're confused. Being a teacher, having so many thousands of different personalities part of the recipe you know, like and I, I like i think when we look at um those adults that are successful at making a difference in the lives of the kids they all have a different recipe with their unique ingredients but you know when you put them all together it's like that synergistic effect when like all like the the, the sum total of those ingredients in that recipe is where the effectiveness happens yeah i mean i'm at the point now where i i really um am turning away people again. Yeah. And, um, I have people who I've trained and families don't want to work with them because, you know, you're the secret sauce. They say you're, we want to work with you. Um, and it's, I mean, the people I've trained are great teachers. 
they're great people. Um, and that's why I've trained them. I mean, I get approached all the time that people joke, uh, will you train me? I can do that. Well, no, you can't <laughs> probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a rock star too, yeah, like yeah. you and no, you know, that, so. Well, I think there's, there's a part of it is, um, you know, there's definitely, um, something in the double helix, you know, but also I, I think that people underestimate the amount of work it takes to, to be really good, you know? And like, I don't know about you, but my whole thing, when, when I'm at a gig and, and somebody says, Oh, I would love to do what you do. You know, I always say, I will help you as much as you help yourself. I will work as hard for you as you work as that, that level of intensity of work, whatever you commit to yourself, I'll do the equal. And then they just don't do the work. Like it's really hard to put something together, whether it's my thing or your thing it takes. And so I think that's what it is. I think if the pat, maybe it's a lacking of passion. Like they don't have, because if the passion was there, they wouldn't quit. They wouldn't give up. They would keep going. Right. And I see people all the time that would be so good at professional development or so good at whatever the, and I really want them to do it, but man, you got to work. Like it takes years. Like if you think about the years you've been doing this and all everything you've learned along the way, it takes a ton of work and a ton of thought. Like you, you have to be obsessed with it to be right. great at it. Right. And I think that that's probably one of the deals that why people want to work with you. Cause I'm obsessed. Obsession. It really is man. Passion and obsession equals crazy results. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I won't give up on a kid. There's no way. And, and, you know, I've, I've had, um, students who maybe didn't succeed the first test that they took after they worked with me. And, you know, I remind them, man, that was, that's one day that you have to show out and that might not have been your day. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have bad hair days. You had a bad test day. Yeah. You know, and that sucks. And I'm sorry it happened, but I'm not giving up. So let's make a plan. Yeah. And whether that plan is I write up a, a, a plan for you to follow and you don't ever meet with me again and it costs your family nothing. You know, it's not about, oh, like, look, I can make a couple hundred more bucks off that kid. No, that you can do it. You're ready. It just was a bad test. Yeah. So, um, there have been maybe two students who, who gave up. I didn't give up on them, mm -hmm. but they chose not to test again. And, you know, out of about 2,200 kids, it's not bad. No, you're doing all right. Doing all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So in, um, here's, here's the funny thing is I like when you post on social media, your results, you post kids test scores. And um, anytime I see there's a screenshot that some kid sent you and you scribble out, you know, whatever, however you do that, you scribble out their name and then you post these scores. The, it is like ridiculous. Like the amount, like the numbers that you, like how low some of these scores are and then like how unbelievably high some of them are. That Like that is crazy. I can't believe some of them myself. All right, it's like, exciting. Yeah, like um, like like give an example. All right, get, all right, but hold on, hold on. Give two examples. You don't have to tell us a kid. Give us two examples. Give a one that is um something that we okay, okay, that's good. Like it, it's something like you see regularly, mm -hmm. and then give us an example. Like oh my god, like what? Oh my god. So you know, regularly, I, I'll tell a story about um a young lady, and I, and I met. With the, with the mom and the daughter for a consultation, I had my niece with me 
And the mom was really unsure about the whole online thing. Yeah. I mean, she was like, I don't know. The daughter's like, come on, mom. You know, we know all these people that use Jen. Come on. And we left the consultation and I told the mom to think about it. Like, you have to be really sure about this. This is an investment. And the daughter had a 25 ACT composite. And I remember leaving and I said to my niece, what do you think? You think they're going to call me back? And she said, oh, Aunt Jenny, yeah, they're going to sign up with you. You could really tell. Because mom was giving me a really hard time. Yeah. And um, so they called me back and said, the mom said, well, against my better judgment, we're going to do this. Because my daughter really believes in you and that you can help her. So we worked and did the program and, and she went from a 25 to a 30. That's unbelievable. Composite. Yeah. And I just remember when she texted me, I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, it was, it was, uh, gratifying. I was so happy for that girl, but I was, I was also happy because the mom was such a doubter. That I and I knew it would work, and the daughter knew it would work, and and so the mom texted me and and thank you, and I'm sorry I doubted, and I said please write all of this in a testimonial. <laughs> yeah, like I need this on my website. Right, and she did. Yeah, um, I think that motivation that the kid had, like anytime the kid is talking their mom into test prep, that's awesome. So 25 to 30, let me ask you this. I don't know if, you, if this is even anybody knows this. What is, for, for a kid that takes the ACT and retakes the ACT, is it, is, it a, is it a jump up? Is it about the same? Is it a step down? Like in terms of their second score, do they usually do better or about the same or what? So there's a lot of data about that that the ACT has compiled. Um, it really depends on how, how long they're waiting in between tests. Uh-huh. You know, obviously, if they take the test the first time as a sophomore and then they maybe take algebra two, the math score might jump up or, yeah. or, but the ACT, you'll kind of level off with, if you don't get any help, you'll level off about that third test, hmm. you know? Um, and, and there's typically about a three point swing, the ACT, um, and their, their research shows that it's about a three point swing that maybe experience has given you or a, a different math class. So my average with working with students is about a five, about a five point swing. Yeah. My, oh my gosh, results would be a young man who went from a 14 to a 28. That is insane. It's insane. Yeah. I like, I wonder like, what are all the factors that were included in that? Like, like, I mean, to get a four to like a 14, like, was there not instruction in school? Was he not paying attention? Was he, was he not invested? Then he got invested. Like, a, you know, like a wonder because a lot of that is you, but there's also other. Well, it was definitely a, a low score for him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was really where he should have scored initially, Yeah, but he did. Yep. So whether or not that was, um, and I don't know, because I don't think I, I, I think I remember joking with him, like, dude, that score is kind of low. Yeah. Like, because, because when you get a 14 student, and I've worked with several who start off at that score, sometimes that's really their score. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're, they're behind in school. Their reading level is low. Their reading comprehension level, their math skills are deficient. Sometimes 14 is, is accurate. I think this young man's score was a little low. Um, 
because I think sometimes when students take the test the first time, they know I have other opportunities. Yeah. But then, you know, it raises red flags um, with the ACT. I bet. So. Yeah. He's actually being questioned right now, and we are um, dealing with with fighting the ACT for that score of validity. Yeah. And the bad part about that whole process is, and I've had four students that have been questioned, um, which again isn't bad for twenty two hundred students. But see, that's the thing, like that, like almost, like that, like that's almost the trophy. Like we did such good work, you're being questioned. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. That's like almost a celebration. It it is. The bad part about it is that it comes about nine months after you test. Yeah. So this kid is ready to move on to the next chapter of his life, college and college football. Yep. So now yeah. um we're dealing with that. His family I'm helping them the best I can and, and you know, I keep that's why I keep notes on every student. I know exactly what we did, what dates we did it, the results where he showed improvement, steady improvement. Um, yeah. t- a test score that really wasn't too far off from those results. I mean, those results were higher, a little higher than what he ever did for me. But man, you know, sometimes in game day, you just shine. The kid's a gamer. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's, he, he's a, a, a top, top football recruit in the country. Yeah. So I think he, you know, he stepped up his game and wanted to be done and, and he did. And it's unfortunate. All right. What was that feeling like though? When, um, when when you got the screenshot of the 28 well his mom actually facetimed me i bet and i was i was actually in cincinnati that week this young man lives in outside of cincinnati or in cincinnati and um i was working with a student and the mom kept facetiming me so i said and i was working in person with the girl from cincinnati i said excuse me just a second like this is really weird that this mom keeps facetiming me and the girl said yeah that's cool okay we were sitting in starbucks in milford so i answered it and the mom is crying and i i just remember thinking oh my gosh something's happened to him but i don't think so because why would she be calling me like my son's been in an accident let me call his act coach so (laughs) so she said we did it you did this like he got a 28 and she's just crying. And, and I said, you know, I mean, I don't remember what I said, but I said, I'm in Cincinnati right now. And she said, what? Cause I had never met him in yeah. person. She said, send me an address. We'll be there in an hour. So they, she got him in the car, her, her children and uh, his girlfriend, and they all came to meet me. <laughs> it's so, amazing. Yeah, I got to meet him and we got some pictures and he brought a printout of his score yeah. for me. I still have it. He signed it. Powerful. It was awesome. Yeah, man, it's powerful. And I think um here's the part I love about your gig is um not not only are these kids on a whole different trajectory because of now they they can go to the college of the choice or what, what like what whatever they're or get into a college or whatever the thing is but here's what I also love is um like the investment they make this is like that's what it is you know like there's a fee for some things in life but this really is like if you think about I mean I don't know if you've ever calculated it it would be insane to calculate. Um, but that's your homework. Once you figure this out, like how much an average person spends with you, right. Mm-hmm. For coaching, because that investment on a scholarship level now, what did that earn them in terms of a college scholarship? And then when the kid gets a degree, what does that degree earn them over the life of that kid? 
as opposed to no college degree. And then you have to like, what, what is the return on that initial investment they spent with you? That's the, that, like, that is insane. That's too much math. Yeah. That's a lot of math. That's a lot of math. I'm out. <laughs> All right. So, so you had these crazy results and, um, and you're out there working hard. And then here's what happened, man. The, um, on the news, this whole college admissions scandal the largest scandal in the history of the nation for college admissions. And in one day, people, 50 people are indicted and, and, and Singer, the CEO is spilling the frijoles about how he did it and what he did and who all's involved. And he's naming everybody. And what we come to find out is something that, um, you know, I guess we all like everybody knows if you donate a building, you can go to that school. And if you have generations of parents and grandparents and great grandparents, and they all went to that school and they all donate moment money and they all participate in the alumni, you can go to that school. But I didn't think anybody had any idea on this level what was happening for people with means to get their kid into a school that they they not not only do they not des- like on academically not does they would never have a chance to get into that school. That kid is not going to USC without spending a half million dollars to get him in, to buy him in. And so, so when this came out, what was your first thought? Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I remember I was tutoring. I was with some students online and my husband came to my office and, and knocked on the door and he said, do you have a second? You really need to come look at the news. And, uh, so I excused myself for, for a couple minutes and and watched the news break and and I was like no way yeah. no way and and so I went back to the student and and then in between students I was trying to read as much as I could and and there was a lot of buzz and but you know the thing that 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 struck me was those those kids had they should never have been at those schools no they should never have been at those schools. They didn't want, really want to attend those schools. Those parents wanted their kids to attend those schools so that they could say, oh, yeah, he's at Harvard or yeah. he's at Wake or he's at USC or she. That, that kid just wanted to party. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was – I can't fault the parents for – you can't fault a parent for wanting to help their kid, but I don't think it was about helping that kid in some no. ways. Man, I think there's so much to the psychology of this, and this is why I want to talk to you about it. Is um, first of all, like as a teacher, I know you're not like you know. Yes, I'm surprised it was happening, but when I start and think about on a um, like on a level of what would be equal in my world with my parents of my kids and I've taught in my school, it's about the same. Like they just have a way more means of way more resources, but this is no surprise to some elementary school principal who parents are lining up to, to tell this principal that their child is definitely gifted and talented and they will be in the, and you're thinking your kid, don't, they don't know their colors. <laughs> like they, We got the first four letters of the alphabet and he's in the fourth grade, man. We got, <laughs> you know, no, but he is because he's so smart because he's so smart. He, this is why he can't pay attention. You know, so like already 
this is the kind of the generation thing. And then here is the part that um, surprises me. Like people think, oh, I cannot believe they spent $500,000 to get two kids in the USC or whatever. I think it's what it was. But then I start looking at this thing in terms of perspective. Okay, so I looked it up. That family's worth 80, they got 80 million in the bank. 80 million. So let's start breaking it down. 80 million for 500,000. 500,000 is nothing. Let's suppose, so you start taking off zeros. Let's say, let's say there's a family with 8 million. Well, would they pay 50,000? Maybe. Let's say it's a, let's say it's a family with $800,000 in the bank. Would they pay $5,000 to get two kids in you? Yes. Let's say it's a, it's, let's say they got 80,000. Would they spend, let's say it's a family with $8,000 to their name. Would they spend 50 bucks? That's what it is in terms of perspective. And so like the money thing, you have to discount that. It really isn't about the money because it's, it's 50 bucks to them. So it really is about the parents and they're so, so we all, we want, so the kid is not majoring in pre-med or this kid isn't going to law school. It's, 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 they're all on the liberal arts side of campus. And so they're just trying to get the credential. They don't, it's not the degree they want to get the credential. They want to credentialize the kids so they can hang it on the wall and talk. And then, but also for the parents, you know what it is, man, it just, it's, it's trying to get their kid into their circle, like Mm -hmm. trying to deepen the roots into that social circle in which those parents live and want that kid to live and thrive in as well. So you so say, you're right, man, we're, we're taking an education opportunity away from somebody that's working hard and letting them buy their way into that painful to watch. And that doesn't, yeah. And that doesn't even include the athletic scams yeah. that were also going on. So somewhere there are not only, you know, students who, who worked and then you have the athletic component, photoshopping your kid's picture onto the, a a water polo players picture. Yeah. What? I know that kid has never been in a boat and they're going to be on a crew team. Yeah. Supposedly. (laughs) Yeah. The the lack of calluses on their hands might be a. (laughs) Right. Name part of the boat. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so, um, and here's, here's this, there's so many things that are sad about it, but one of the mo- the fine, the one thing that like hurts my heart is I've, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard stories where the kid was completely, they had no idea it happened. There was a kid that parents bought their way in. I don't think it was one of the athletic kids. It was a different one. Parents had no idea. Like the kid had no idea that their test score was changed, that their parent, that the, somebody took the test for them. They, they had no idea. It, it's, can you imagine? Yeah. I, you know, I think there's some questions about that and I don't know which um, case that is or what family that is. You know, I, I think as a, as a, the students should be doing their applications themselves. Yeah. The students should be writing their essays themselves. And there's a way to get ethical coaching and and help on those essays. Even to have somebody guide you through that application process, that's fine. Yeah. Um, A student that doesn't know their test scores or doesn't see their test scores, that's questionable to me. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I don't, I don't, I'd have to read more about that situation. I find that hard to believe. You know what I like? I I do too. But but then I think you know what? How out of touch is this kid with a normal kid's reality? 
Well, yeah. I mean, this is probably the same kid that, that had an assistant. I know when, when I was, um, I used to nanny when I was just out of college and I remember interviewing for a job and I was going to be the assistant to the main nanny. Yeah. The assistant to the main nanny. So the mom had two full-time nannies and I was the assistant to the main nanny. What? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I imagine, and this was a wealthy family in Cincinnati. So I don't know how that stands to, you know, the wealth and things that we're talking about out in, um, in California and parts of LA. But, um, yeah, I think that those, those children have, um, they're separated from that reality that that are the, the kids we know now. Yeah. You know, so I can imagine that, oh, well, so-and-so's handling your application. It's fine. Yeah. We have somebody for that. We got a guy. Right. And there are. Yeah. There are plenty of people. So I think that that's, in fact, I'm writing a blog. I have a rough draft ready about what the average family can take away from from this experience. Mm. And there are, there are good people, people that, that can help with these things. Every part of this story was just wrong. It really is. Wrong. And I always think about the kids. I Like when I was teaching at Side Springs, you know, um, thank goodness we had people in place that would help those kids. If you, th- if you think about a kid with no, his- with no family history of going to college, not an athlete, but a good, but a good smart kid, not, not even, not, I'm not talking like a top 10%. I'm talking like a top 25% kid, mm-hmm. top quarter of his class. A hardworking kid, a good person, has blue collar parents. Never went to, you know, in in dad's a welder, and you know, mom is doing her thing. And this kid, for whatever reason, wants to go to college. It, it is so hard for a kid to go to college, just like logistically, to know how to sign up for tests, know how to do the application, how to do the 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 online thing. I mean, it's insane. Like my daughter goes to, she's a senior in high school. She's got a class. Fortunately, at her school, that's all they do is focus on like all that stuff for a kid with no help and no resources. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got this other program happening where they're going in the side door. It's, it's unbelievable. Like the, 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 the opposite, the disparity between the two shocking. Yeah. But almost expected, <laughs> you know, really it's kind of where we are. I think that there are a lot of people who aren't shocked by this story. That, um, have have heard underlyings of it, but aren't shocked that um, you know wealth affords you yeah. privilege that other people don't have. And so, when you made the comparison between you started dropping zeros, you were spot on. I mean, the money is shocking for for most families, mm-hmm. but when you take away that, it, you know, it, it reminds me of Ruby Payne's book. Yeah. You know, um, could you, is that the right name? Yeah. She's on the poverty. The poverty. So in the back of her book, I remember. You take, you you take the quiz. I took the quiz. What what are are you? Are you, are you middle class? I'm middle class. Yeah. I couldn't hang. I wanted to, the, the rich quiz or the wealthy quiz, Right. man, I don't know where to buy polo bread horses. And, and, you know, I mean, you start thinking about that. That's a a world that, that you don't know. Do you have the coordinator of the debutante balls phone number on your phone? Yeah. No, 
I'd like to look at that quiz again, yeah. you know, cause that, that was, that was very eye opening. So, you know, those those people just have connections and means. It's a different, yeah, it's a whole different life. But they could have done, the thing that, that, that I'm disappointed by is they could have done all of that the right way. Yep. You know, the, totally the right way. They, for, for a lot less money. But again, it wasn't about the money for them. Yeah. But their child didn't want to put in the work. You know, so, so sometimes I'll have families who will call me and, and they, the family or the parents want the child to do the work. The The child doesn't want to do the work. And if I don't screen them early enough and maybe just never take them, which I've done before, two, three sessions in is when I start to see, man, that kid doesn't want to invest this time. Yeah. Because to improve their score, they have to work. They have to practice. They have to... um homework and, and diligence and everyday reviewing. So those children in this varsity blues scandal, they wouldn't have done that. I, I don't think. I don't think it's in their, I don't think it's in their reality. Like, I don't think it's in their world. I, like, I think it's, I don't even think those thoughts occur in that segment of the population. Cause I, I don't think it's about work. I think at that level, it's about relationships. Okay. Who do we need to know? Who do we right. need to talk to? Let's make this happen. Just tell me who I need to talk to rather than, okay, what, like, what do we need to do in terms of work? Let's get a game plan together. Let's carve out some time. Let's find somebody to help you with the test prep. Like, I don't think that is, it's just about like how much, how, like how much is going to think it cost me? Who do I need to talk to? Right. Yeah. So this whole thing, man, the, the crazy part about it is at some point, the guy who's behind this, the singer, uh, it's funny his name is Singer, you know what I mean? Because he <laughs> oh, really he did. he sang like a bird. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was, he was <laughs> mic'd up and followed for a year. Yeah. Do, do you think at any point, um, um, at any point, was, was, did, 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 did he have a legit operation at any point? Like, because I know he did test prep stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know about that. I do know that... Um, I'm in a, a private Facebook group for online tutors and um, a young lady put out a post to the, this private group and said, I'm, I work with Mr. Singer's clients who are legitimate people who are seeking help. And I'm one of his tutors. And what do you think I should do? I don't think I'm going to get paid. And these families no. have paid all of this money. I, I guess he sold my, my assumption from what she wrote was that they, he sold packages in advance. So the families would pay for 10 tutoring sessions. And so they had paid this money already and then bam. Yeah. So I know that, and I'm just trusting that maybe she was above board sounded like it to me. So I think he had some legitimate operations going on. Um, and I don't know how much those cost or I don't know what she was earning as, as a tutor for them. But, you know, I'd like to hope that part of his right. operations were legitimate. Um, a legitimate operations for the common folk. Correct. And, and and I don't know about common folk. I still think it was probably pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's there's um a buzz in my industry where there are people that earn up to a thousand dollars an hour. Yep. For a tutoring session. I've seen them. Yeah. And um so names I'll throw out are are uh, Mr. Green in New York and Shane Patel that you might have seen on Shark Tank. You know, he he was on TMZ yesterday talking about how 
he's been paid up to a thousand dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine that, that singer's operation, which it was called the key, um, probably had some legitimate sides to it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hope so. <laughs> Were you aware of him before he was in the news? No, the the only person I was aware of was, um, who was also indicted as Mr. Riddell. Um, and he was the, he had kind of my dream job. Was that, uh, the director of test prep for IMG Academy Mm. in Florida. Yeah. And, um, uh, as far as athleticism and having those, those premier athletes and, and I've always followed them and. I've actually worked privately with a student at IMG and, um, I've, I've actually emailed several times this man to see if I can help any of those young people at his school. And when I saw his name indicted, I, my stomach just dropped and I went, Oh no. Yeah. Um, so I've reached out to the principal at IMG Academy and said, how can I help? Cause they have to have a plan and they have to have somebody who has ethics and is going to do, um, do it the right way. Cause, cause there's definitely a right way. That's the sad part about this. So he's the only name I, I knew beforehand besides the two female yeah. actresses. Um, you know, Aunt Becky, what? <laughs> Beck. Come on, Beck. Come on, Aunt Becky. The memes are great, though. Oh, my gosh. And then all those resurfacing of their video highlights of, you know, trying to bribe the Little League coach and the the pre-K or the daycare. I mean, it's just so, oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. And so um, for those who don't know, this guy had uh, a singer created a nonprofit. So all these people were donating. They're getting tax. Not only do they have the money to do this, but they're getting tax write-offs for that money that they're paying for those kids to get into schools. Correct. He had his. So I wrote. I wrote this down. I wrote down notes, which I know. Where we. Well, are, that's just we how I am. Frown upon notes. I know it's how I am though. Um, this was why I, you know, graduated high school with a four But we won't talk about your GPA. Liz, I, I was valedictorian. Of the fourth quarter. I was number one. I was. I was number one. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yeah. So he his his main company was called The Key, and yeah. he had a nonprofit arm called The Key Worldwide Foundation. Mm, the old foundation. The foundation. A nonprofit arm was how the, the facts read about that. Yeah. Of, of of all the research you did, what was it? Was, was anything that jumped out? Was was like something that's not in the news, but you were like, "Oh my god!" Well, you know the things I wrote down. I wrote down some of the schools, but they're all in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so one thing that yes, there was one thing: the Zingrillo family. And I didn't write down what what the family, how the family made their money, because the the stories brought that up. They also so their child went to USC and they were one of the athletic bribes. Mm. I didn't write down the sport, but they also paid $200,000 for someone to take classes for their child at USC. Oh my God. So, and I don't think that I'd seen that anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, I, I use CNNs 
article. They kind of did a fake news. <laughs> they're all fake. <laughs> right. um, so they finally like, did like a recap and that was part of the news story. $200,000 for someone to, their daughter wouldn't even go to the classes. Yeah. What? I know. I know. Again, what would it be? 20 bucks? Right. You know, or when you take off the, yep. the, the, but still go to class. I got you there. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't even get my head around it. But then, like, why am I surprised? Like, that, I know that there's there's a segment of that population. Like, we have people for that. Well, I have to I have to go to my class. No, you listen, we have somebody to go to sociology class for you. We have a guy for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this bizarre thing. But I really think, like, that's their, that, I think that's their world. Yeah. That's, yeah, I can't, I don't know about that world. No, but I think, like, I always think about it in terms of, like, the comfort zone. I was just talking about um, some, with with, uh, with some kids and, like, how we expand our comfort zone based on what we can convince ourselves we're okay with. And with this group of kids, I was talking about, this kid was talking about how he cheated on his test. And he remembers, um, he was taking a spelling test and out of, and he, and um, he really wanted to do well. And he's going to make, he's been, he, would, he never made 100. And so, like, in second grade or whatever, he studied really, really hard for a spelling test. And he has all 10, he has 10 words, there's one of them, he cannot figure out, I can't remember what the word was, but he said he's trying to remember, he's trying to remember, and he's like, oh my god, I, I want to make 100 so bad, and he, he looks over, not trying, but sees it clearly, beautifully printed on the girl next to him, sitting there, and he happens to see it, and now he knows how to spell it. And so he's stuck with this internal dilemma, like, oh my god, what do I do? Do I just write it down? Do I leave it blank? And he wrote it down. Turned it in. He said he cried on the school bus. He went to tell his mom, but his mom was on the phone. He came back to school. He was going to walk in and tell his teacher they have a sub. And he kind of got over it by the next day. And then had another spelling test. And he did it again. And you know what? He didn't cry that time. Didn't feel good about it. Didn't cry. And then, like, so we ta start talking about, like, so now these, so now we're expanding the comfort zone. And what you're acceptable and what you're okay with. And the more stuff you do and somehow you become okay with it now, like a lot. And I think it's the same thing. It's just with a ton of money. And what's okay to have a, man, we, well, listen, we have a guy that cleans your room. Okay. You, you don't need to clean your room, honey. We, we have, we, we pay somebody to clean your room. And then it just get, it expands and expands and expands until what's acceptable for them. It becomes like almost anything. Mm -hmm. That's my working theory. No, I, I believe it. I, you know, the, uh, I, I think at any level you're about connections, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your income or your tax bracket, you know, that, that human connection piece is huge in industry, whatever industry you're in and, and who, you know, and, oh, I, I know this person and, you know, what, uh, Kevin Bacon, we're all seven yeah. people away from Kevin. Where's Kevin Bacon in this scandal? <laughs> He's in there. Has anybody way. looked into this? I think he was attending classes for 200 grand. <laughs> He's, it's his career. His career is little. <laughs> yeah. Sketchy, you know? He's just attending sociology classes. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Um, so that doesn't, yeah, I, 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 I believe that you're right. You know, we, we, it starts with somebody's going to drive you to preschool yep, and then somebody's going to do this and, and somebody's going to, but man, 
the guy that was taking the ACTs for these kids. Yeah. And the one family, I did write down that the one family, um, the kid, I forget how much they they paid, but the kid only got a 33. Come on, dude. <laughs> you should have called you. Yeah. <laughs> we put you on the Zoom yeah. video chat. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, for a lot less. But here's the thing. I don't think the kid's in the work. That kid, yeah. yeah. You got to have an investment, like a personal work ethic investment involved. Hey, uh, tell me who, if this is true. Who wants to hire these kids? Right. I heard that... there was a guy um, taking SAT, the guy from Florida. They fly him out to Houston or Hollywood. Uh-huh. I, this, I don't know if this is true. I heard that um, he said, well, what? tell me what he needs. And what he needs a 1430. I heard you get like, He'd get you fourteen thirty. Yeah, on the dot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he uh, yeah, because he definitely flew to Houston. There was a, a teacher's aide. She was described as a teacher assistant, I think, or mm-hmm. or teacher aide. I think I read teacher assistant here in Houston, and she was the test the testing site coordinator for that school. Yeah, and so he gets the test. He sat in a hotel. In Houston and took it, got it back to her. Yeah. Um, Just Googling up answers, I guess. I, I mean, he was Harvard, Harvard educated. Yeah. I do know that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, I could, I could score really well on those tests. There yeah. are adults who take the test nearly every time it's given. Um, a friend just took the SAT and I don't know if he said there were three in his testing room or three adults at his testing site, but adults take the tests for various reasons. So, um, my math specialist for my program, he just worked with a 23 year old who was going back to college. Mm. You know, you still have to take the ACT and SAT. If you follow certain paths at certain schools, Sure. if you, if you go to maybe a, a community college to traditional school, you probably wouldn't have to, um, there are teachers who take it just so they can help their students in their classroom. And then there are people like me who I, I'm a test prep coach. I'm going to take the test. Yeah. I want to see if things have changed. I want to sharpen my skills. So I, you know, I think there's ways that, that he could have even sat in a room and taken it for somebody. Sure. But, but his was more, they had, they had paid off these, the people who were in charge of the, of the tests. Cause those tests are at, the, at those schools about a week before secured. I mean, there are people designated at that school who are in charge of those tests, just like any test, the star test, the whatever test they're in those buildings ahead of time. And he had paid off. Yeah. Somebody had paid off whether it was singer or the man taking the test. Now, the way I read it was Singer paid the man taking the test, Riddell, Rydell. Um, so there was a third person involved, which was the person in charge of those tests, the security of those tests. Yeah. And, um, and yes, yeah, so Singer said he, um, I saw in the transcript, he says, yeah, I, I, I own two, two testing plate, one in here. Like I own them, he says. Mm-hmm. Like in his world, he owns them. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something, like based on the people that, um, just in your life and your world and your circles, that um, those people that put forth all the money 
paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into school. However, they did it, cheated the test, got a fake, you know, athletic scholarship, whatever it is. And then this whole thing is going down. There's the news thing. And I knew that they, I know for sure the FBI was talking to them before the news ever came out. Like, I don't think it was like a shock. They knew it was, it was a matter of days. I wonder, because they're so entrenched in their own reality, if like in their heart, they think they did anything wrong or it was that wrong. Like, I wonder if like they, if they knew it was, this is really violates like a core integrity of, of human beings. Like, I don't think that, I don't think they do. The fact that there would be that many people who didn't didn't think it was wrong, I mean, that's sad to me. Yeah. I think now that they're like they're in trouble, I wonder, I, I have a feeling they're watching the news going, I can't believe they're making this such a big deal. Oh. I I hope not. Yeah. For just humanity. Me too. I hope not, but I have a feeling. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because of, like in the like of the emails and the conversations that were recorded and the, the transcripts, they're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, we're just gonna do this again, just like we did with yeah. the first one. We'll do it time, the second one. Yeah. What, what was it? Time. Time to do it again. Here let's we go. talk about. Let's talk about the second kid. The second kid always paid more. By the way, too, you paid more for the second kid. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes discount the second kid. <laughs> right. I think of the wrong approach. Yeah. But, um. Well, you know, I guess is there in my mind? There's definitely a difference between. Okay, we've donated money for this building, and now our child who maybe couldn't get into your university without that goes there. Yeah. In photoshopping your kid's face onto <laughs> athletic pictures and and knowingly and knowing that your kid isn't taking their standardized test. Yeah. I, in my mind, there's a difference. Maybe there's not. But there's a difference between those two things for me, for sure. So, I don't know. Why. It's hard, it's hard for me to explain why, but it is. But it is. It is. It is. And you know, and and, and for some of these uh, these donations, I mean, my gosh, I mean, some of the like, we're talking about like hundreds of millions of dollars of donating for a medical center and things like that. You know, like yeah, oh my god, do I think they send the kid? Right. You know, but photoshopping and taking a spot away from another kid and. Yeah, maybe it's because if you're donating a building, there's lots of kids who would use that building. Yeah, see, that's what and, I'm saying. And oh, like the this dorm is nice. Done it. Yeah, and and maybe that's why in my mind I can justify it. But but you know, my child has 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 played water polo for for twelve years, and they can't go to the school that they want to because your child took their spot. Right. And they they can't even spell water polo. Yeah. There's a difference. I know, but here's the other thing: they're 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 bribing the water polo coach. Oh yeah, like they ain't going to the football coach. He's making too much money. He's not going to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> making four million. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> go the... talk to the crew coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's making thirty two. He works at Sonic on the weekends too. <laughs> He'll take the money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They ain't talking to the basketball coach, the football coach. You know, nah. You can't even get to that guy. No. But you just got to pull up at Sonic and talk to the water polo coach. <laughs> hey, with that uh, Route 44, can I also? <laughs> yeah. Next time you're there, order the um, Sprite Zero with strawberry and um, vanilla. It'll change your life. Really? By the way. Mm. 
I'm telling you, life changer. I'm in. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the the sports and the schools, um, I was shocked at some of the schools, I think. And and now I like in the wake of all of this that schools that are saying they couldn't infiltrate our system. We were not involved in this. Right. And and maybe they were approached or the academic standards were too high or and I'm sure there's there's schools that we don't know that weren't named. Yeah. You know, that maybe they didn't catch them. Um, I'm positive of that. Um I mean not that I know of any firsthand, but they they followed it for a year. I'm sure that there were some that fell off. Maybe they took the bribe once and it just didn't sit well with them. Right. Oh, I always wonder, like, with this, since they followed the guy for a year, like, is this the tip of the iceberg or is this like an upside down iceberg? Like, we have the meat of it and there's going to be a couple of trickling details we get. There's a part of me that thinks there's a lot more to this and a lot more people. And they just they just hit the highlights with the, because they're celebrities, so they're going to throw them out there. Yeah, and and maybe other people who are are doing what what he does too. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I'm always interested in the stories behind the story, and here's the story I want to find, uh, and I've, I've, I've like, oh, I really want it to be out there, because I hope that it would have been me. I really hope that there is a, a wrestling coach or tennis or badminton or whatever they have, Division One badminton coach at some university that said, "No, nah, get away." No, don't bring that up. Don't you ever come back here with that money. Ooh, that's out there, I'm sure. I want to find that person. Okay. You know, because that's beautiful. Like, I think a lot of people think everybody has a price. And they said no to 100, so they went to 200,000. All right, we'll give you 400,000 and the soccer coach broke down or whatever. So I'm fine. Yes, take me the money. For me and my personality, I would be more drawn to outing that whole scene I would say, hey, man, come back, come back. Let's talk about that next week, and I would go on the FBI or something because I'm more drawn to yeah. to being the hero and the scandal rather than the money. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that person's out there. Yeah. Yeah, let's find them. That's cool. Somebody said, no, there's no Get way. Get here. Yeah, what's the matter with you? And there, there's nothing, and they upped the price. I said, no, 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 no. I love it. I know they're there. Mm-hmm. That would That would make me feel so much better about the whole story. And and I don't think that they should be ashamed to come out and speak about that. Right. You know? Yeah. Hey, the other thing I was going to talk, ask about is um, for you, if, um, if for somebody that um, really wants to get their kid into college, and and maybe they're um, maybe they're not the ACT score isn't there, or they're they want to go to a, you know maybe they 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 for sure can get a junior college. But they want to go to four year school, and and they're like, what's the first step? Like, with with working to improve that score, is it is there something they all have in common? Like I heard years ago that the kids that score best are often avid readers. I heard that was a thing years ago. I don't know if it's still true. But that was SAT. I don't know about ACT. The um, but is there something that that a kid can do on a foundational level right now to get started? Well, for sure, there's a there's a link, and they've done studies on the number of books that are in your house and the success of your child in obtaining a degree in college. So there is a direct correlation between that. So I just bought every book I could and had it at my house. <laughs> serving lunch on a book yeah here you go (laughs) so but there's a correlation between that and really it's 
because there's the assumption that your child's reading those books or you're reading them to your children. So if you're talking about what can parents start doing, getting your kids to read is huge. And it does not matter what they read. Your, your kid doesn't have to read Charles Dickens to right. be, you know, scoring well on these tests, just reading, which is missing from so many kids' lives. Um, and, and reading anything that they want and it could be online reading doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, books are nice, but, but that helps because that whole entire test is reading. There's a reading component to the math. You know, man, that whole reading thing, you know what it is, is, you know, you're, you're really, really old like I am. And so when we were growing up, we had to do that thing where like you would have to read and then there would be like this moment of, oh my gosh, you know, like those moments that would happen within reading really good fiction and those, oh my, oh wow. And you get the, the turn, oh my gosh. But now that, it, that takes work. But now like it's that whole scrolling thing on Instagram. Or whatever they're doing is like, oh my gosh, oh wow, it's so easily just visually done with a scroll rather than the work and the and the and the mental work of reading. It's a different world. It is, and and somehow to incorporate that into your kid's life is really helpful yeah. because to to make up for that when they're um, fifteen or sixteen and and want to take these tests, that's a lot of time that you're making up for. Yeah. Um, I, I remember one young man came to me, football player, and he had a zero on the reading section, a zero. And I remember I said to him, Hey man, did you fall asleep or did you not bubble any? He was like, no, I, I actually tried Yeah. on that section. Wow. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know about his home, but I'm guessing they weren't serving lunch on books. You right. know, yeah. Um, his reading was deficient. We had to, I had to take steps back with him and and slow him down on reading math problems, because to him, when he looked at a, a problem, it was just a bunch of numbers. So that whole test is comprised of reading. Yeah, you know, I think um, you know those are the challenges we um, I, I listen to teachers talk about all the time is the the high level i think people under like underestimate the high level of academic the work the, the star test is hard like it's hard it is really really hard and when these kids come to high school and people talk about the the basics that they that they lack like the teachers like oh my gosh i'm supposed to tutor this kid to get him past the start but we need to step way back because they're missing the foundational skills of reading and mathematics and all those things yeah i i think that people say i hear a lot why well, i don't like to read and when i was still in the classroom in kentucky i taught a remedial reading class where, where children were four and five years behind mm-hmm. reading level. So they were freshmen and sophomores, but reading fourth and fifth grade. And I remember one time I looked out during sustained silent, silent reading, which we I'd started with five minutes and we had worked up to 25 and they didn't realize it. I just slowly added, you know, a minute. Yeah. And everybody had found a book that they liked and they were all reading. And I mean, I wanted to cry. Yeah, it's powerful. 
it was really powerful. And and if if you don't like to read, you just haven't found the right book. That's what I always say. When I hear that, I hear you haven't found the book with a hook. Yeah. Because there's a book with a hook oh, for everybody. For everybody. And I think, um, you know, for me, I remember I was in uh, on that, that AP track of English. I mean, yeah, that was my were. strength. But I dropped out of AP English my sophomore year because I didn't like the books they were making me read. Yep. That's not what I want to read. And and that that's okay. I did okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um this idea that we have to read certain books or and so it's just that's not true. Not even close. And I love those schools that have more flexibility with getting kids. And you know, when I I'm in so many schools and um over um Bear Branch, um junior high. Mm-hmm. You know, in the woodlands, uh, yeah, right there mm-hmm. in uh, Magnolia ISD is um, they got these English teachers and the in the in Harper and the library. It, like to to see the look of excitement on their faces when they find a book they know kids are gonna love because that's really what it's about. It's not about war and peace, and it's not about it's about finding the book. For me, man, I was not like I did not do. I just didn't like it. I didn't like reading so much that when I was a senior in high school. What we had to do was, uh, no, it was my junior year. We had to do like a book report, like had to do this. It wasn't a report. It was like a, a two-page form you had to fill out, answer questions mm-hmm. about the theme, the plot, and then write a summary on the second page. I didn't want to read so much. I made it up. I made up a title. I made up the authors. I made up everything. I made up the summary. And when I went back to student taught, I talked to that teacher, and she talked about how much they loved it because they knew it the whole time. I didn't. I thought I was pulling over on, but they would talk about it in the teacher break room. They they would read them out loud. He's so good. Listen to this story he made up. And um, but the book that when the, the book the hook for me, my senior year, I found it. Um, it was, and my mother took me to the library, made me get a book out of the library. I didn't even look at the shelf. I just grabbed a book. She made me. I went home, made me read it, and it was um, catch me if you can. You know that the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, okay. It was the, it was the true story about that guy, and nice. it was riveting. So I'm like, wait a minute, this guy was a pilot, <laughs> had no <laughs> idea. He had a doctor. He was a in a doctor's office. He had his own office with staff. He was seeing patients. He never went to college. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, I couldn't get, I couldn't get enough of that book. And after that, hooked, hooked from that one book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most powerful moments in reading, um, when I taught at Lloyd Memorial and they were in Newsweek magazine for this. So this is in, uh, Kenton County, Kentucky. So it's a small school and we at that point divided core classes by gender. And I taught all boys cause I was not going to take the all girl classes. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, all boys. And so, you know, I didn't believe in the traditional, we have to read of mice and men to learn or be able to talk about English teacher kind of stuff. So we were reading tears of a tiger. It's by Sharon Draper. And I had this kid in the class and, um, can't remember his first name, but I could see him plain as day. And I remember we were nearing the end and he was reading ahead and I could tell he was reading ahead. And I thought, oh God, he's going to get to the part of the book. Like he's going to get to the part. And I watched him. He pulled up his hoodie. He started to cry and he put his head down. 
in the middle of class with all these boys, stinky, farting boys. And the bell rang. He goes to leave. And he was like, man, that's a good book. Hooked. Hooked. Yeah. And I remember I I bought copies of that book. They would always show up at Goodwills and stuff around town for a quarter. And I would buy as many copies like, as I could, and they would get stolen as fast as I could buy them. And my room there became kind of like the second library where I would, I used to go to this PD and I can't remember the name of the PD, but it was, um, this lady got paid to read young adult books and then she presented about them. I wanted her job. That's a good I mean, gig. Wow. And she was, she was an awesome presenter as well. And I would go every year, even when I was out of that position of remedial reading, I wanted to go to that workshop because you got to find out about the good books, but I would always keep this bookcase in my classroom and kids could come in and borrow books and check them out and they would disappear and never come back. But I figured they were passing it on to somebody else, or maybe they just wanted to keep it and reread it. And that book I could not keep a copy of. So if, if anybody works with with like middle schoolers, high schooler, reluctant readers, boy, girl, it doesn't matter. It's about 120 pages. Perfect. Tears of a Tiger. It's amazing. Sharon Draper is a, she used to be an English teacher. She's in Cincinnati. Um, and she started writing and left the classroom. I got to meet her. She's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That, you know, get, you know, getting to share with her the the impact that she made on the lives, like firsthand, the kids, boys sitting in your class. Yeah, I got to share that story with her, and and um, she's cool. Yeah, because I think in her position, it's it's much like a teacher still, even though she writes now. Like a lot of times, you don't get to see the result. Mm-hmm. You know, like the difference that you when you sit down, you have this, the, you know, this this nine month relationship with your class, and and then these in your you know sowing the seeds. But oftentimes those things are not going to grow until years from now. I think just like her, like she's writing these books and sending them out there, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know firsthand about a kid that had to pull the hoodie over his head so his buddies don't see him cry. Yeah, over a book. I uh, mean, I don't think in a bazillion years he would ever thought you would cry when you read a book. Nah. Who cries? Uh-uh. You might. Yeah. I love it. I love you. I love all the stuff you have got going on. It's the, um, you know what it is? It's, uh, here's, here's what I love. I love that you were able, for whatever reason, to find your thing, like stumble across it. You know, the superintendent and principal show up in your and say, here's what you're going to do, by the way. And like, you are freaking great at it and you're passionate about it. You get obsessed with it. And because of that, the difference that you make in the lives of these kids, like see, like seeing them on this whole different trajectory. Because of, um, and you know, you know what, it, now I'm getting fired up about it. You know what it is? It's more than the test score. What it is, here's what it is. Here's what I love about it. It is the perfect metaphor for that kid to hold on to for the rest of their life that, you know what, if I work really hard and I commit myself to something here, like now they have tangible evidence of what's possible. Yeah, and whatever it is, you know, because now it happened to be ACT prep at that point in his life, but now the kid's 17. Well, now when he's 27, it might be something. It might be his relationship with his kids. If I work really hard, I'd be a great yeah. dad. Or if I work really, whatever, as being a CPA, or if he's a plumber, or what, whatever the thing is, doesn't matter. I love that they have like a tangible evidence of this is what happens when you work hard. You know, I... I... I cite this this one story. I, I worked with a um, female softball player from Indianapolis, and she had to work 
really hard at ACT prep, not softball, I wouldn't say, or maybe she did, you know what I mean? Be, to be usually when you are a division one athlete, you just aren't born with those abilities. So, but I know the ACT prep was really hard for her and I, I thought she was ready but I didn't know she, I didn't know if she was ready, you know yeah. what I mean? But she was going to take the test and I, I already kind of had the response in mind that I was going to give her when she was, cause I thought it was really likely she was going to be one point shy mm-hmm. only because of her self doubt that because this was hard for her and, and it was not as natural as her softball abilities. But I remember when I, when I woke up the morning that the scores were going to be released, And, um, they, you know, East coast, she was East coast. So hers come out, she checks them a little sooner. And from her, the text said, I love you. And I just started crying. Yeah. And then, you know, she, I said, well, can I see the score? (laughs) I know you love me. Um, man, she did it. She made it. And, and she's thankful. Her mom's thankful. And, she's doing what she's supposed to do. I'm kind of getting teary eyed thinking about her now. I've never met this girl in person ever. Yeah. But she's proof that, yeah, if you work hard enough and we, we had bad days, man, she had bad homework sessions that where she scored horribly and I had to talk her through it and you can do this and let's look at your mistakes. And I was in constant communication with her mom about things and, her mom helped her with what her mom got more involved than the normal parent has to, because she needed that extra help. But you know, she and I are connected forever. Yeah. Powerful. Mm-hmm. And here's what I, here's what I hope. Um, I think just because of human nature, um, kids uh, might forget. Cause life happens like you, like you have this process and they work hard and they're successful, but then life and 10 years from now, like, you know, we tend to forget things and here's what I, I really hope. I hope that there's a way, is there, I'm not even sure, man. Like, is there a way that, um, you could set something up to remind them? Cause I, what I would love is, is like for them, like all of a sudden to get a letter in the mail. Hey, don't forget. This is what happens when you work hard. Do mm. you know? No, that's cool. I did get a phone call over Christmas break from um, a couple who's dating who met because they were tutoring at the same time. (laughs) I still have the voicemail. I'll play it for you when we get off the air. Uh But uh, so the young man kept, you know, that girl's so cute. Can, just give me your number. I was like, no, dude, you got to work a little harder than that. I'm not <laughs> just giving facilitate. you. Yeah. So, yeah. so I said, well, what I'll do is I'll just keep scheduling her right after, or you after her. That's what it was. And I said, so next week I'll get up and refill my drink. And then you, you can talk to her, but I know I'm not just giving you her number. So you can just start texting her or whatever y'all do. Right. So next week I get up. Uh-huh. He slides in and starts talking to her. So they went to. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? How was your homework? I mean, I don't know what it even said right. to her, but but I did know that they they liked the same music and they both rode four wheelers and so they went to homecoming together and then that was kind of it. Okay, so this was six seven years ago. They both graduated from college and somehow reconnected. 
in their dating. And they called me on one of their dates to tell me about it. This is so good. And I called him back that night and we spoke and we, we did three-way call and, um, and I had forgot, I, I said, Oh, this is what I remember. I couldn't remember his last name, but I could remember where he went to school, the sport he played, you know, this and that. And they were like, you remember so much. I'm like, yeah, I do. I can remember. And they said, we just wanted you to know that, you know, we were together. Yeah. I said, well, I, I expect to be invited to the wedding. I expect, and I will be there. And I send a really nice gift. So yeah, better step it up. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think that it's funny. It's not just those kids, but all kids. It's um, when I'll see a kid, hey, or they'll they're they're a teacher now, and they'll see me on the road somewhere, and they go, I don't know if you remember me. Like, oh my god, like I remember everybody. Even if I remember you, yeah, I live with nine months with you every day, yeah. man, for an hour and a half. What do you mean if I remember you? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and I do remember the details. I remember yeah. what the girlfriend name was. I remember what kind of car they had. I remember, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they underestimate how much of, uh, not just time, but like your heart that you invest, you know, because especially in your gig, man, because like you determine, their work with you determines so much about their trajectory and their future and what's going to happen next. Like mm-hmm. you're all invested in that, mm-hmm. not just in time, but like you're like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Last forever. Yeah. They... You know, the, the successes and, and now, especially because these, these kids have, you know, they've graduated from college, you know, or they're, they're playing in the next level. I mean, I have, uh, two young men who are playing major league baseball and, um, kids in the students in the NFL students that have degrees from Notre Dame university and, and degrees from wherever and are, are on the next part of their life. And that's not to mention my students, you know, from my regular classroom, but, but these are the, the ACT students that now I'm starting to see, you know, where their paths are leading them. And and that's so cool. Yeah. I think, you know, I I like, I love those stories too, but like knowing you, like, I know that it's equally important. Like, don't you love the kid? Like the kid that's an NFL, that's awesome and all, but don't you also love the kid that would have never just a normal kid going to get a regular degree that would have never gone, but never got to a four year school. Yeah. Without you. Like, yeah. That um, I cite. I cite the story of the. There's a uh, somebody reached out on behalf of this kid who is one of like 13 kids. Uh, mom is deceased. Um, he had the opportunity to go to college, but didn't know how to take that test, study for that test, and and um, yeah, we made it happen, and he's going to college now. Yeah, like those. And I've eaten the restaurant in Cincinnati where he's a busboy. I've gone three times now. And, um, you know, I always text him and say, can you get us in for a table? Yeah. So I show up and he has a table ready. Yeah. And, you know, um, last time I was there, there was another kid working there who I had tutored. He said, man, I think you tutored my buddy. I said, what? So we all got a picture. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that, that kid's yeah. path. One of 13 kids, the oldest of 13. Yeah. Mom. She's deceased. The the family doesn't know what to do. But somebody at his church called me and said, I think you could really help this kid. Yeah. I love it. God, I love stories like that. All right, here's what I love about our time together is like we had to talk about the nastiness of the uh, shenanigans, the varsity blues. But you know what? Man, there's so much like the heroic stuff that's happening around. It's those little stories like that 
that's not on the news, man. Like that, like that is what we should be celebrating and spending our yeah. time talking about is a kid from a family of 13. His mom has passed away and he's figured out somehow to be a bus boy and work with you. And now he's getting into college and his whole life is on another, like that, that right there is for me is newsworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And school districts like Huntsville ISD that are, are providing my services for their students, um, that, otherwise wouldn't know about me or wouldn't, you know, connect yeah. with me and, and, um, other districts in the area who, yeah, have found a way to make things happen for their kids. And that's really exciting. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hal. You're awesome. I'm glad we're friends. Me too. High five. Yep. What's up? Oh.